0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Romans chapter eight, beginning at verse one. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, or does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are in the flesh but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who has raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise.
2: according to St. John, the 11th chapter. When Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles on, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans plans to put him to death. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated, and we invite the children for for the children's message. Mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for the message comes from Romans chapter 8. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life. To your mortal bodies, through His Spirit who dwells in you. This is our text. You know, our text from Romans chapter eight is one of those very clear readings that really needs no explanation at all. You know, certain readings you need a little bit more work to apply the text, but Romans eight could just stand here. We can just read it, and and I could just say, thus is the reading, and thus is the message. And I could sit down right here, and uh, maybe some of you would prefer that to get out of church a little bit earlier here today. But I wouldn't be doing my duty to proclaim this text to you all. To proclaim to you, the Lord and giver of life, as we call the Holy Spirit in the Nicene Creed. The Lord gives us life. See, we're all born with an expiration date, aren't we? We're all born doomed to die. And that's all there is to it. No, we're entering into Holy Week, but we're also entering into another season, tax season. And there are two certainties of life, right? What are those two certainties? Death and taxes. You didn't sound really too enthused about any of those. okay? So, and not only are we not only born doomed to die, but in the realest sense, we are dead spiritually. That is that there is no way, no ability, no strength in and of ourselves that we can even believe in the promise of our Lord Jesus. Our flesh is so thoroughly corrupted by sin, we have no power to believe in God. The body is dead because of sin and there's just no way around this. Death's tendrils infect every fiber of our being, and we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. You know, as I've said in Bible class time and time again, when I was down south, it was the Kaskaskia River, here it's the Kankakee River, that if you were to compare our spiritual condition, we would be a dead body floating upside down, going down the Kankakee River. And now can that dead body floating down the Kankakee River, can that body come to shore by its own power? No. Can that body by its own power breathe or have life? No, it cannot. There is no way that body can swim to shore. Only through the power of Christ's spirit can this body have life. Only through divine CPR do we live. Jesus rescues us from that river and breathes into us his Holy Spirit. And God's way of operating shouldn't surprise us. God operates the same all throughout the scriptures. The first Adam was dead before he came to life. You got to think about this. The first Adam was was just a dead piece of dirt before God breathed into him life. And to tie it in with Ezekiel uh, 37, which would be the appointed Old Testament reading, we are the, those dry bones in Ezekiel's vision. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, we are dead in the trespasses of sin. So before Christ gives to us the Holy Spirit, we are dead. Without the Holy Spirit, we are dead. He is the Lord and giver of life. You know, the truth of Scripture causes that old Adam and old Eve into us to rage. You know, the old Adam and old Eve and us wants a part in attaining salvation, in attaining righteousness. And our old nature wants to say, yeah, I helped contribute to that point in my life and helped to contribute to attaining life. Our old nature sees obedience to the law as a means of getting right with God. You know, we want something to do. And yes, even we Lutherans forsake the treasures of the gospel And seek righteousness through the law. You know, as soon as your relationship with God becomes contingent upon your obedience to the law, as soon as your relationship with God, uh, uh, the church, depends on our own brilliance and strength, that it's all dependent upon us and our ability, we lose sight of the gospel. The law cannot save, it is powerless. And Paul makes that quite clear in the book of Galatians chapter 2. He says, for if righteousness could come through the law, then Christ died for nothing. In other words, if we can obtain righteousness of, in and of ourselves, Good Friday means nothing. And if Good Friday means nothing, then Easter Sunday means nothing. It makes the whole gospel void. But I bring to you good news today. St. Paul writes, for God has done what the law we by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We who are dead are now alive in Christ. We who are doomed to die have been given eternal life. Through baptism, you're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're given the Lord, the giver of life, who now dwells in you, who gives you life, who gives to you indestructible life, a life that cannot be taken from you. Though we die, yet will we live. But that's the rub, right? That we will die. You know, when we leave the walls of this church, we'll still be in a world dominated by death. We'll still be in a world dominated by suffering and decay. You'll return to our job that drains our soul. We'll return to a world full of broken relationships and broken people. We'll return to a world that kills that gift of life in the mother's womb. We'll return to, to our hidden battles that nobody knows about. You know, this broken world is the world that Jesus encounters in our gospel reading, where Mary and Martha weep over the death of their brother Lazarus. And Jesus weeps too in sorrow, sorrow over this broken world. You know, what St. Paul says here today, he doesn't fix our problems. Christianity's power doesn't rely on the power of positive thinking. That somehow, if we think enough positive thoughts, we can combat evil. You know, our Lord here doesn't respond to Mary and Martha's sadness with positive thinking, he weeps with them. Christianity's power doesn't rest in us trying to make this place into a better world. And often, our feeble attempts to do so just create more injustice. You know, whether it be the power of positive thinking or trying to make the world a better place, All those teachings are the religion of the world, which is the religion of the law. Christianity's power rests in the power of one man, Jesus Christ, and his power over death itself. And this power is on full display in our gospel reading. Christ calls Lazarus out of the grave and gives to him life. And Christ has given this power over death to you. You are more powerful than death because Christ has given you his power of indestructible life. You know what St. Paul tells us today is that Christ has indeed written the last chapter in our lives. You are his forever. Nothing will change that. The very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Now is the spirit an inert thing? No. The Spirit is not a thing at all. The Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. When the Spirit dwells in you, you are no longer dead. Our Lord has given to you an eternal purpose. He has made you his fine workmanship. And out of that kind of faith, good works flow. They flow super abundantly because they are grounded in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The thing is, is that we didn't bleed and die for Christ's church, and we didn't here bleed and die for St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School. Jesus did, and that means that he's going to take care of us, and he gives us the power to do ministry here at St. Paul's. He gives those opportunities to show the fruit of the Spirit to one another, to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Christ has freed us from the tyranny of sin and death to show forth the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And that abundant life that we have in Christ is not measured by our bank accounts or how successful we are in life, but how much we realize how much Christ has paid for our sins, how much that took for him uh, to make us his very own. And out of that abundant life flows the Good works out of the Holy Spirit and what he has done for us through Christ flows our good works. As new creations, we can't help but do good works. And those are the only good works that are pleasing in God's sight. For Paul writes here, he says, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And note that these good works are not flashy things. These good works are not things that are going to be televised or celebrated. Uh, There are good works like changing a diaper while your children scream and holler at you. You're there praying for a boss that seems to be out to get you. Setting aside a time for your spouse to go on a date. Doing devotions with your family before going to bed. You know, these don't seem like the biggest things. But through the Holy Spirit, he gives us opportunities to show the powerful love of God and how that love works in us. The Spirit's work matters, even in the smallest places, to show that love of God to one another. And the Spirit's work ultimately points us to the glory of Christ on the cross, that He died and and through His death gave to us His indestructible life and His eternal purpose. You know, a few Sundays ago, I asked you after you left these walls, I gave you an assignment. And today I give you another assignment. When you go home today, give all glory to Jesus. Give all glory to Jesus for his obedience to the law so that we would have his righteousness. Give glory to Jesus so that there, there's now no condemnation for us under the law who are in Christ Jesus, who are in Christ Jesus. Give glory to Jesus. He has endured the shame and humiliation of the cross to die the death of a sinner for you. Give all glory to Jesus. For he has overcame death and now gives to us his indestructible life. He is the resurrection and the life. Give all glory to Jesus. The law is powerless to give life. The law's function is to kill sin. Only through Christ do we have life. This gift of life was given to us in baptism, where you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that gift that Christ has given to you is an indestructible life. You know, even an infant in baptism has that power of Christ's indestructible life. You know, that we can do nothing to earn or deserve this. That, that's what infant baptism shows us. If you look here on our bulletin covers here, that really great illustration of how much we contribute to this life that God gives to us, right? We do nothing to earn or deserve it. It is a free gift that, that God gives to us, the gift of his indestructible life. The work of the Spirit dwelling in us, right? He he is the gift giver. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life as we confess in the Nicene Creed. So we can look at the Spirit's work, we understand him as gift giver and Christ as gift. That's to understand the difference between the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Son. Gift giver and gift. God is both the gift giver And God is also the gift, the work of the power of the Holy Spirit and the Son in our hearts. And we should never separate the two, for both the Holy Spirit and the Son are both the one God. We should never pit the works of the Spirit against the Son, because if that happens, then there's another Spirit at work in us, and that's not the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's work is always to point us to the work of the Son in our lives to point us to the love and forgiveness that we, found, that we find in Christ's work, in his death and resurrection, the gift of eternal life. Rejoice today. You are Christ's. You are sealed in his blood. You are given the power of his indestructible life to live a life with eternal purpose. The Spirit works incredible power in, in, our, in our lives, even in the tiniest quarters of this mortal life, to bring eternal life to light at the beginning of my sermon, I said that there were two things certain in life. And what are those two things? Death and taxes. taxes. I would like to add a third thing that is certain. And that is, on the last day, you will be raised from the dead, and that you will be reunited with all in the faith to enter into our Father's kingdom and to be received in the loving arms of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we're gonna see our Lord face to face, that you're gonna be raised from the dead and be given that indestructible life that is found in Christ Jesus. That is certain. Give all glory to Jesus. Give glory to him for his death for through his death, he we for through his death, death has no power over us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds to the one true faith until life everlasting. Amen.